Hey there, boys and girls, it is time for the Grow, Give, Expand podcast. I'm your host, Doug Myers. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever Grow, Give, Expand podcast with me, Doug Myers. It is an absolute pleasure to be putting this out there on the airwaves for everybody who wants to listen to some stories, to some conversations, to some people who are living the model that is growing, giving, and expanding. Today on the show, I had the privilege of speaking with a longtime friend, Brett McDonald. Brett is a former basketball player at the University of British Columbia, a former assistant coach at Simon Fraser University, Canada's only NCAA Division II accredited school. And since that time, he has gone on and networked his way and put himself out there into positions where now he is carving out a path in the business world. Brett is currently the COO for a new cannabis startup company called Climate. He's going to be doing massive things. He's done massive things. I'm very excited to share this conversation with you. Just a young, energetic guy with a great head on his shoulders. He's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of things to share. And at a young age, it's so impressive to hear somebody speak with the confidence and with the humility that Brett came to the table with. We talk about some of the major shifts and changes that occurred in Brett's life and how some of them were forced, whereas others were choices and how the difference between the two has shaped where he's at now. We talk about the topic of networking and how Brett uses a helpful quote to guide his approach as he meets and connects with new people. We also touch on the definition of success and why Brett feels that substance and purpose in life are far greater than material gain. I thoroughly enjoyed getting to know Brett a little bit better in this conversation, and I hope you do too. Let's grow, give, and expand with our guest, Brett McDonald. Brett McDonald, welcome to the Grow, Give, Expand podcast. How are you doing today, my man? I'm good, thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to uh, to, to chatting with you here. Absolutely. Likewise, man. I'm, I'm so excited because... You know, I've been putting together uh, just an idea to do this for the longest time. And it's great to be, you know, sitting down with a good friend, a guy that I've known for a long time, a guy that's been through a lot, um, not only personally, but also with me and through what I've been doing. So it's great to just be able to have a, an open, honest conversation with you and to be able to, you know, give you a platform to share what it is that you do well um, with other people. So I want to thank you for just taking the time first off before we get into this. So thanks for doing that, man. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. It's a pleasure to be, uh, to be a guest. So thank you. Yeah. Like you said, we do go back in a, and we met in a very, uh, a very cool way, which we can touch on probably later in the show here. So oh, uh, man, we're, no, thank we're, you. We're touching on it right now, actually. Yeah, we're going to touch on that now because I was thinking about this uh, heading into this. And I remember when you and I met and, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting, uh, experience. Um, but you know, I've never actually heard that story from your side. So I'd love to hear the story about the time that you and I first met, because I think, uh, it's going to give us a bit of a theme that we can play on for the show. So tell me what it was like, man. Tell me what that was all about. Yeah, man. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to put it. Um, you know, I know 
growing up, I was a baseball player and, uh, you know, eventually decided to, to, to play basketball, just had some, some injuries in baseball. And quite frankly, I just wasn't that good at it anymore. Um, and I, you know, I think my demeanor was, uh, going more towards the, uh, the orange ball side of things. And, uh, you know, I happened to, uh, to play against you as a grade 10, you were a grade 12 at heritage Woods secondary there. And, uh, thought you were a heck of a player. Um, and you know, I, uh, in the Fraser Valley North, that name Doug Myers was a big name at the time and, uh, you know, pretty all solid all around athlete, uh, head on straight, just hard worker, uh, just wanted to get better every day. That was kind of how you were known as. Um, and I just remember the one day I was down at the Pitt Meadows or sorry, the Fort Moody recreational uh, complex. My dad lived on the corner of St. John's and Dudney there. And, uh, I saw you shooting hoops and, you know, I was aspiring to be as good as I could be. And I didn't know, you know, what that meant or where that would take me. Um, and I just knew you were over there and knew you were better, but I knew that was someone I had to talk to, to, to get better myself. So, you know, I walked on, walked right over. You're, I think you're doing some form shooting on the hoop, uh, maybe some basic ball handling. And I just introduced myself a little, uh, a little scared looking up to, a you know, to a bigger, stronger guy and uh (laughs) all 150 pounds of me man (laughs) (laughs) um you know and uh and i just said hey you know i'm brad i go to terry fox i know you're a heck of a player would love to play against you you know slash train with you um and i think the i think kind of that you know the rest is i don't want to say rest is history but you know i think we played one-on-one that day and you probably won about 21 nothing or maybe i somehow (laughs) hit a uh hit a jump shot at the time but you know I think it just I think it was a good life lesson and and it propelled me to just you know want to be better want to be you know as as good as I can be and you know it's such a good life lesson for anyone listening or you know up-and-coming athletes or entrepreneurs or whatever it's you know you got to challenge yourself you got to get outside your comfort zone um if you want to get better um you know you could be the person you know for this instance you could I could have went and played the same kid who's the same age as me and he's wearing jeans and he's in a polo shirt shooting on the side. And I could have beat him 21, nothing, but I wouldn't have got any better. And he definitely wouldn't have got any better either. Um, so I think it was a, I think it was a good lesson. So yeah, long story short, knew, knew who you were on the far hoop decided, you know what, I'm going to go talk to him and just say, Hey, I'm a fan of your work. Uh, I want to play you one-on-one. I want to get better. And yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I think the rest is, is, is history. And like you said, we can touch more on that. <laughs> yeah, man, a hundred percent. You know, it's, it's so, uh, it's so funny listening to you tell the story. Cause yeah, I mean, in, in my mind, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Of course, uh, back in that day, I was, I was definitely very cocky. And so I remember when you came over, I was thinking, who is this guy? He thinks he's going to come <laughs> into my gym and challenge me to a one-on-one game. Are you kidding? And, uh, you know, that's, that's just where my mindset was at the time. And, you know, it's funny because it's happened a couple of other times since that other younger kids who, you know, I, I used to be a presence in basketball. I'm not anymore. You know, I didn't have uh, an astounding career by any means now that I look back on it. But, you know, there are people who uh, still recognize and, and we're still wanting to come up and, and wonder how, you know, you ended up getting to a certain point. And I think that's a really important thing to touch on because that's something that you've carried with you 
throughout and beyond. You know, you've gone to higher levels in basketball. Um, you've gone in higher levels in business as well. And what I notice about what you do is that you are always pushing to meet that new person. You're not afraid to put yourself out there to go after what it is that you want. Where does that come from? Is that, is that something that you've just always had inside or is that the, the byproduct of say a bigger vision that you have? Like, where is that coming from? Yeah, that's uh well, first off, thank you. That's a, that's an extremely, uh, um, you know, complimentary co- uh, compliment. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, um, the basics and the basics would be, you know, uh, I, who I was created by, you know, for listeners and, and people who don't know, you know, I'm, you know, my dad was Barry McDonald of sports page, formerly commonly known as BMAC on TSN radio and on sports page. You know, and I think just coming from um, from a family history like that and an upbringing and that DNA, um, you know, has really helped me, um, you know, not being afraid to introduce myself to someone, not being afraid to talk to someone, to figure out what someone does for a living, to, you know, see how many sisters someone has, their brothers, or, you know, where the origin of their family is. You could say I maybe talk too much at times which I'm guilty of, but, um, you know, I think that gene of, of networking and just, you know, I think being a good person and, and, and wanting to know more about someone, um, you know, really comes from, you know, someone like my dad, you know, um, I'm not even a 10th of who my dad is in terms of a, uh, a known figure, uh, but he never was too big or too small for anyone. Um, you know, he would ask someone, you know, what their kid's name is, even if it was some Yahoo just at a Canucks game, who's probably three beers deep walking around on the concourse. Um, you know, and before I deviate away anymore from the question, I just think, you know, coming up through those roots, you know, where, you know, where you have, have, have someone like your dad, who's always in your back corner and teaching you how to deal with people and, you know, just, just just letting you know that being a good person and things will take you a long way was a huge stepping stone for me as I grew up and got into my kind of early adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and do you think, you know, to just go back to, to basketball for you, because again, you know, when, when we started working together, you were in grade 10 and then you you quickly moved from a, a guy that was sitting on the bench to a guy that was now leading the team. And, you know, we both played point guard. So we, we know that within that position, there's an element of leadership on the court that has to be there in order for your team to succeed. Right. And so there's some elements of people skills in there that transcend just being good, uh, good from a technical and a skill standpoint with the basketball. There's an aspect of it that involves leading people that involves personal skills, things like that. How do you, how did you position yourself, not only from a, a skill standpoint, we obviously know how hard you work to get there, but also just on being a great person and how that propelled you to get to say the next level. I know you got that basketball scholarship and you were able to take it to, to a couple different schools. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think, you know, being, being, being focused was, was a huge thing. You know, I, um, you know, I, I, I think from a younger age, I wanted to, if I didn't, if I wasn't the best at something, I didn't necessarily want to do it, which isn't necessarily a learning point or, or anything to, to, to anyone young in that. Obviously you got to persevere. You got to fight through adversity. You got to get through a lot of stuff, um, you know, to reach your goals, whatever your goals might be. 
Um, but you know, I think, I think the switch just, you know, I think it flicked one day. There was, you know, one summer going into grade 10 or grade 11, you know, I just decided that, you know, I'm going to play basketball and I want to try to be the best at it. Um, and it was the mentality to be the best, you know, in Canada. And yeah, that's a, it was a completely unrealistic goal. There were guys, you know, like Andrew Wiggins that you're growing up, you know, with around that age, guys like Kevin Pangos, you know, guys who, who, who realistically it's, it's not attainable. You know, they've probably been at it since they were grade six or seven, but just the mentality alone would, would drive you to be the best that you could be. And that's what you can ask yourself at the end of the day, whether it's sport, you know, whether it's being a, being a friend, a brother, a boyfriend, husband, grandpa, whatever you, you, you can ask so much of yourself, but you gotta, you know, you, you gotta bring the best out of what you possibly can bring out. Um, you know, we have people on this earth who are genetically superior to others and that, but if you do what you can do at the highest level, you'll be happy with your results. And, you know, for me, I wanted to be the best at something. And I knew if I could shoot for something very unrealistic that even if I came up short, that I, that I did it, that I was able to be, you know, the best, um, you know, and for me, I ended up, you know, being the top point guard in my graduating class at Terry Fox. I had great great coaching staff there I had you know so many good teammates I had a knockdown shooter Scott Hines who ended up playing basketball at SFU before um, you know having a couple injuries himself I uh, had a really 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 athletic grade 11 Ryan Slater who's playing professional volleyball so yeah you know I was super focused and um, you know I put in as much time as anyone did and uh I can confidently say that probably no one put in the time that I did in those two years in the province to become better and better. But I also had a great supporting circle uh, from, you know, a great coaching staff, great teammates, great, great friend support group and, you know, great family support group. Um, and those people should be acknowledged as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're hitting on, on so many points here that transcend sport. They really, you know, they enter all other facets of your life, whether you want to be good in business, you want to be, you know, it, it is a lot about who we surround ourselves with and what kind of an environment we create, especially, you know, within, within your business, which you're now doing, and we'll get into that a little bit later, um, but previously with your sports teams as well. There is something here that uh, I was thinking about before and in just the prep, and that was you ended up going from UBC Okanagan to play at UBC. And if I remember correctly, that was, that was kind of the dream, right? It was like, I want to get down to UBC and, and that's the school I want to play for because UBC has got a, a pretty heralded basketball program. Now you got there, you achieved your dream and then something happens and you're dealing with the, you know, the penultimate question that pretty much any athlete is going to face at some point is it's either an injury or father time catches up with them. And you, you got the injury card and you got a concussion and you had to make a decision at some point, whether it was going to be your health or continuing to play basketball. And that's a very tough decision to make, especially at a young age when you're so passionate, you're so driven, you, you've achieved your dream or you want to keep living it. So when you reach that moment, you got that tough decision to make, especially at a young age. How did you handle that? <laughs> Man, you're giving me PTSD. No, I'm just kidding. That's a great question. Um, no, you know what? You hit the nail on the, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, like you said, I went up to UBC Okanagan. Um, 
had some good success there. Uh, there was a coaching change. Um, decided to end up coming down to uh, to the real UBC, and and yeah, you know, I was there a couple of years. I had concussions all throughout my youth. Uh, you know, just unfortunate it's the way I played. I was kind of in your face, tough. Uh, you know, I'm not scared to get hit, dive on loose balls. You know, wasn't necessarily a big guy, six foot in the real world is above average, and six foot in the basketball world, uh, you know, you're a little peon. Um, and yeah, it was tough. You know, I, uh, you know, getting to UBC, like you said, was a was a goal of mine. You know, I wanted to be a Thunderbird. Um, I wanted to play in the men's basketball team. I wanted to play a War Memorial Gymnasium. All all really cool things growing up. Going and watching Final Fours there. Watching Canada West games, playoff games. You know, a lot of great players. Great tradition. You name it. And getting there was 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 a goal completed. It definitely was. It, it 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 drove me and now you know now I got here let's do something um and yeah like you said unfortunately you know it's like a lot of things you you, you don't necessarily get to go out on your own uh on, on on you know in your own way and uh like you said I had a bad concussion that summer leading into uh, my second year there um, you know, was in really good shape. Was uh, was training really hard. Was doing like CrossFit type workouts when it kind of first came out in the uh, like you know about six a.m. every morning with a guy by the name of Colin McDonald, a really good alumni at Terry Fox, who does a ton for the program, um, and uh, and just working really hard with him. He actually played for my head coach at UBC, Kevin Hansen. He played at Langara back in the day for Kevin, so he knew him and everything and. Um, but yeah, he was getting me ready for the season and was just working hard and suffered a pretty bad uh, concussion that summer. And, um, you know, I just was never the same player. Um, you know, it took away my confidence from a physical standpoint. I didn't want to drive into guys. I didn't want to get hit. Uh, I used to be fearless. I used to attack. I used to go at people and it, uh, it totally changed me as a player. And then I was, you know, eventually led to the decision of, you know, do I keep playing, playing scared, you know, not being the same person, risking another concussion or two or three, or do I decide that I gave it my all up to this point in my life and, uh, you know, take the next step in my life. Um, and it was hard, you know, UBC was hosting nationals for the first time, like ever, um, that, that the following year, you know, I would have been the the start the the backup and or maybe fight for starting minutes that year and you know it was a dream obviously to play in the nationals especially on your home court um but the bigger picture is life and uh you know i wasn't going to go make a million dollars playing basketball and that was a reality the you know the minute i uh played grade 12 basketball um but i wanted to you know go out on my own way and you know unfortunately i wasn't able to but I'm able to look back at it and know that I have absolutely zero regrets and I put every single second of blood, heart, sweat, and tears into the game to get me to be as good as I was at my peak um, injury-free. So, yeah, it was tough. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it, it touches on a point that I think a lot of people, uh, whether it's athletes or people who are going through a career change, they have a a struggle with the shift in identity. And especially when you've been working at something for a really long time and you get to become known as X person, you know what I mean? Like, you know that Brett McDonald is a basketball player. 
that's what he does. You know, I, I came, I went through the same thing. You know, everybody thought uh, I was a basketball player and you kind of carry around this identity, that piece of you. And all of a sudden it could be over in an instant, right? Whether it's an injury or your, your eligibility ends and you realize you're not good enough to play at the next level and it's over. And that identity is, is gone, you know? So for you, I, I think what really, what I'm pulling out of that is that it was, it was helpful for you to move on pretty quickly, it sounds like, because in the process, when you were that basketball player, you were 100% into it. You know, you were playing hard, you were practicing hard. That was what you were, and you left nothing on the table so that when you could go on to your next thing, that chapter was done. Is that, does that sound about right? Is, is that something that resonates with, with the process that you went through and kind of shifting your identity away from a basketball player to say something else? Yeah, you're bang on, you know, you're bang on. It's all you can ask yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, there's a lot of coulda, shoulda. There's a, I wouldn't say coulda, shoulda, woulda, because I did all, I did everything I could, but, you know, it would have been, if I could have played, played it out, would have I got this, would have this happened, would have that happened. But going back to it, knowing that you did every single thing in your power every single day leading up to every moment that you had to perform, um, you know, you can rest almost easy knowing that you couldn't have worked any harder and you couldn't have done anything more to become, you know, as good as you could be. Um, and, and, and like you said, you know, those people, a lot of people struggle transitioning from, you know, high level sport um, you know, to the, to, I don't want to say the real world because sports is the real, are, you know, are the real world, but you know, a lot of people do, um, struggle with that transfer, but, you know, I think it's about, you know, changing the Jersey and putting on the work clothes or the whatever clothes and realizing that, you know, you're not defined by how good you are as a, at, at a sport or else, you, or, or at least you shouldn't be, you know, you're defined by the person first and foremost who happens to maybe excel or be good at a sport. There's very few people in the world who, you know, yeah, they're defined by sport. Obviously we look at greats like Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali and other great athletes, but you know, even LeBron James. Yeah. You know, he's such a spectacular athlete. He's someone we've never seen in terms of size, strength, mobility, but he's using his platform to grow. And, you know, he opens up a, I promise school you know, which people still are going to remember LeBron when it's all said and done as a basketball player. But, you know, critically thinking, he's a very good human being too. And, you know, I think that transition, and he's still playing, but that transition, like you have mentioned, it is so hard. But if you can really realize that, you know, you've been put on earth for so many different and greater things than just trying to baby put a ball through a hoop or through a football 50 yards or, you know, shoot a puck top corner. I think it's a great realization and a great stepping stone for, you know, yourself and growing as a, as an individual. Mm -hmm. Do you think that your, your platform to, I say, transition identities and especially when it came to basketball, just because you, again, you were so into it that you, you realized that you had a skill and you had an ability and you, you kind of got to that point where I've taken this as far as I can take it on my own. And now I want to give back what I have. And it's very much like you alluded to there with LeBron James is, you know, as an athlete, 
he is obviously one of the best in the NBA. You know, you can, you can debate the question with different people. Um, but he's, he's definitely one of the best players in the NBA, but as a, as a person and what he's doing in the world, we're seeing who LeBron James is, especially with the I promise school and he's giving back. And so what I noticed about your story, right? You, you, you played basketball and then you started coaching basketball and I'm just wondering what, what was the point for you that said, I want to get into coaching basketball. I want to get into giving back to other players so that maybe they can take it to a new level that I wasn't able to get to, or I just want to help people enjoy the game. I want to improve people's skills. What was the motivation behind your decision to move from the player's shoes into the coaching shoes and, and the coaching tie as it were? Cause uh, I, I saw you on the sidelines there for us. If you, you're rocking some pretty nice suits. I got to say. <laughs> Tip top Taylor, baby. Yes, sir. Special at, special <laughs> at, Coquitlam, at Coquitlam Center, Lloyd and Barnett or whatever. Um, yeah, no, it's another great. We'll get, them, uh, we'll get them to sponsor one of these. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's another great. Uh, it, it's another great question. Um, you know, I think it's the next best thing to playing. Um, you know, you can't play. I had that. I had a passion for it. Obviously, the passion from a playing standpoint ended sooner than I had wanted it to. So the next best thing was to coach. And, you know, every summer when every student athlete in university is trying to make a little money, they get a job. And I was ever so fortunate to get recommended by a guy by the name of Steve Hansen, who's the head coach up at SFU to, uh, to work for a club basketball program called 3D Basketball out of North Vancouver when I was about 1920. And I'd come home every summer. And, uh, and, and just coach, whether it was a U12s, U13s, U17s around skill sessions camps. Um, and I just loved it. I, I found that it was, I was good at it, which is, which I can attribute to having great coaching throughout my, throughout my life, you know, coaching, you know, from Mike Hind, who was uh, my shooting guards dad, who was president of basketball BC to Tony Scott, who's a legend and, coached at Glen Eagle forever, Bas he coached at Basketball BC, played for the University of, uh, of Winnipeg or Manitoba. Sorry, Tony, I, I should know. Um, you know, growing up more and more, having, you know, Rich Chambers and Don Van Oss as my high school coaches. Um, you know, I just learned so much through osmosis throughout my, my young and then my high school career that um, it came almost easy. Um, and I really, 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 you know, um, give due and give credit to those coaches that I mentioned, just teaching me how to play, you know, teaching me the, you know, how to play the game the right way, you know, the fundamentals, keeping the game simple. Um, and then, you know, once again, always having my dad in my back pocket or hanging out with him, um, you know, played baseball at university of Washington. So he's a, you know, he was a high level athlete himself and, you know, just that whole nucleus of, 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 you know, influences I had around me I think really drove me in the direction to 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 look into coaching um after playing uh was done yeah and and what was really cool about this too actually was you positioned yourself as a coach first and what ended up happening is the world kind of opened up for you on a business side of things and for for me, just looking on the sidelines and just going like, wow, it's really interesting to see what's happening in Brett's life right now is because you got into coaching and that was your passion, right? It started off with basketball, which of course was the passion to play. That led into coaching and then that led into business, right? 
And all of a sudden you went from just being a coach to a guy who is now running a basketball academy. And that led you to having more responsibility, more involvement in business type activities. It's kind of interesting how this whole transition happened. What were you thinking in this process as, as all these doors started opening? You're like, holy cow, like this all just came out of basketball and relationships. What, what do I do now? <laughs> That's a good question. And I think the question was, what do I do now? Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be up at SFU for um, two years. Um, you know, in about halfway through year two, I got uh, I got a call one day from a longtime friend, uh, associate, uh, family friend of mine, um, who had uh, who had been extremely successful in many ways in his own life, and you know, with this great Canadian gold rush, the uh, you know the marijuana slash cannabis industry. Um, on the rise, he was, um, you know, looking at potentially transitioning what he out of what he was currently doing, and getting into this space. And, you know, he had known me for a long time. He knew what I was about. You know, he knew that he could trust me and that I would work hard, and uh, you know that I'm a good person. And I, you know, I would say had a had a good rolodex of of, of contacts in in a lot of different areas in the world, and. Uh, you know, by no means do do I or did I have a master's degree um, in business or, or, or anything, but he, he more or less knew what I was about as a person um, and and in, invested in me as a person, um, which, you know, that was about halfway through the year of year two at SFU. And, you know, we came up with a couple unique ideas. I won't dive necessarily into those, but, you know, as the time has gone on, we kept getting into it more and more. Um, up at SFU, there was a coaching change, which our lead assistant coach at the time, Sean Shook, went uh, cross town to UBC, and I was ever so fortunate to be asked um, to, to to be the lead assistant coach up at SFU. Which, you know, for people listening, that's a that's a fully paid salary position. You know, you got benefits, everything, um, and it would be to coach basketball, which was my lifelong dream, and to be able to do it at the age of you know, I was 24, 25, um, and, you know, compete in the NCAA division two, two level, which is such a high level of basketball. Um, it was a dream. Um, you know, I was faced with a tough task to, you know, go after that because being an assistant coach isn't a regular nine to five, you know, it really comes down to, it does come down to the hours that you put in, you know, the success and you're always behind the closed doors. You're watching film, you're cutting up film, you're recruiting, you're, you know, you're on Twitter seeing who's leaving what program, who's transferring, you're on Instagram messaging players because they don't have a hotmail or don't check it because they're just, you know, young kids that we were all once there. And it's, um, it's a rigorous, uh, it, it's a rigorous yet extremely rewarding and fun job. Um, you know, to say the least, but I was ultimately tasked with choosing go the cannabis route or go the coaching route. And, you know, with me, if I do one thing, I'm very narrow, narrow, narrow vision, tunnel vision, and I go after it. I don't like to do five things at 20% and have them add up to 100%. I like to do one thing and do it at 100%, um, which there are pros and cons to that, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead, Doug. I don't want to interrupt. I, I do want to, 
I do want to direct this just a little bit deeper because this is one of those moments. It's a little bit different when you're forced to make a decision based on health like you were in in the previous uh, tough decision moment in your life when you had to decide whether or not you were going to continue to play basketball or, you know, hang it up. And, and obviously with health, it's a bit of an easier decision because depending on where you're at, you can just kind of project into the future and say, Hey, yeah, you know, I'm not going to make millions of dollars playing basketball and I kind of need my brain to do other stuff. So, you know, let's, let's stop this. But for this one specifically, here you are now again with a chance to achieve a dream, right? Now you're coaching at an NCAA level. Not many people get the opportunity to do that. Not many people get to do it at a really young age. And so you've, you're there, you're sitting on the precipice of, again, another accomplishment of a dream. And now you've got another thing out there. And it's, it's a little bit more uncertain. It's a little bit more risky. But the reward and the potential behind it is also a lot higher. And so I'm wondering how you made this decision. What was the process behind that for you? And uh, you alluded to it a little bit earlier about wanting to do one thing 100%, not going halfway on each. I'm just curious how how you came to that decision because this is one of those things where it's like, you know, the fork takes you in two different directions. Both of them are going to be awesome. But how do you decide which one's the right one? Maybe there isn't a right one, but you just go with a certain feeling. How did that process play out for you? No, I think it, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, extended a, a, a great, a great offer by Steve Hansen up at SFU there. Um, he's done such a good job with that program. First and foremost, the guy's a great human being above all. Um, he's just someone who everyone should strive to be like as a person, just a really, really, really good guy basketball side. And, you know, he, he proposed the opportunity. He said, Hey, you know, you're a loyal guy. You've been with me, you know, for now three years. Um, I know what you're about. You know, he helped coach me in high school. He used to train me back in the day. So we had some history. Um, but he said, I also know that you're going into, you know, another space potentially, and I respect your decision, you know, so gearing more towards your question, Doug. Um, you know, I think it was the, I think it was the option of being able to gamble on yourself, you know, um, without that trying to sound arrogant or, or cocky, you know, I think, I think in life I'm someone if I can if I can gamble on myself and try to make things happen if it's up to me it's um, you know I I like those odds and I like those chances you know being an entrepreneur and being into you know the 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 world of entrepreneurship you know it is gambling on yourself you you have to have confidence you have to have a lot of self confidence you have to have overconfidence you have to have confidence with who you're working you know, your circle of, um, you know, obviously business partners, but friends, girlfriend, whatever, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think the big thing for me was, um, I loved basketball and I knew it was always there, That that's a skill that wouldn't go away for me. You know, obviously there's some fine tuning when you go away from something and then come back to it, but I knew basketball would be there. Um, and I knew this Canadian gold rush of marijuana, it's going to be there, but the time to make it, um, is now and was then, um, and to get into it, um, and really do some damage. Um, you know, for me, it was obviously the opportunities, 
opportunity to make money. Um, obviously being young, living in the, in the Vancouver area and you know, the market is crazy. Everything is crazy from gas, gas prices to insurance, to housing, to, you know, everything. And, you know, it's something that it's a reality and, and we do have to make money here. You also have to enjoy it. And I think it was the combination of, you know, being able to potentially make some good money, um, gambling on myself, and then eventually doing well and coming back to what I love and absolutely have a passion for, which is basketball down the road. And, you know, I felt like doing something in the cannabis industry would potentially propel me to be able to come back in the near future, whenever that is, and do my passion, which is basketball, um, and do it, you know, all the time without necessarily worrying about have to, you know, having a nine to five or whatever, because, you know, hopefully things were set up in a way that I was able to do basketball, like I said, and not necessarily worry about the income and the profits and that, because that's when basketball can get ugly. If it's from a youth level sports in general, if it's from a youth level, um, you know, obviously different at the university level, but, you know, giving back would be nice to be able to work with the youth and that. So, you know, I hope that, I hope that answers your question. I'm sure we can dive in a little more here, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of directions that can come off of that. Um, I think, I think where I want to take this actually is you've been into this now for what? It's probably been about a year and a half. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, probably 15 months. So 15, 16 months. Yeah, we'll round it up. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so what's, what's really amazing about this to me is, is because I come from a different side of the, the spectrum, right? Right now I'm pushing into the entrepreneurship and building the businesses with, you know, with the real estate investing, um, with grow, give, expand, all these initiatives that I have to, to push forward into my own businesses. Right. And so I've been employed for, for four years. So I have the income that's come in from that to kind of back me up. Right. Which is great. But at the same time, it's, it's the security blanket, right? So now I fight that thing mentally of, of having that security and, and wondering, okay, where is it going to come from now? Right. But for you, you, you jumped into that. You've never had, uh, you've never had the steady job, right? And you alluded to it earlier, living in Vancouver, you know, it's not a cheap place. And so you've been doing this for, for 16, 18 months now. And I know you guys are close, you know, you're, you're sitting on, on the close uh, or the edge of, of really um, starting to have things take off. But there's been a window here where you've kind of had to keep yourself afloat um, financially, emotionally, physically. How have you, you know, taken basically what you did as a coach, what you did in your previous life as a basketball player, uh, that worth work ethic, that drive, and bring that into what you're doing now? Because now the stakes are a little bit higher as an adult when you realize you got to pay for your life. So how have you kind of uh, bridged the gap between that point where, you know, where you started doing this and, and now? How, how are you keeping yourself? Uh, up with the energy so that you can put it forth in, in this adventure that you're doing so that you can make it a success and you're still enjoying your life in the process. Yeah, another great question. Um, you know, I think, I think understanding the vision 
Um, you know, nothing in life that comes easy is, is or, 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 or sorry, that's worth going after is going to come easy. Um, you know, I, I think trusting the people you're around, like I said, trusting, you know, having good friends like yourself, just saying, Hey man, checking in, um, hope things are well, you got this. And, you know, people might not even know where you're at. They might think you're on the, the brink of making a million dollar, you know, deal, or they might think that you just got fired from your job. Um, but having that support circle to keep you going. Um, and I just think it's, you know, I think it's, once again, you're still going back to that, you know, gambling on yourself and being confident in yourself that things are going to work out. Um, I really attribute just the self-confidence in, in who you are as a person and, and, and really believing in who you are and what you are and what you can bring to the table in this world. Um, I like to think that I was put on this planet to do cool things and good things, whether that's, you know, volunteer like I'm right, like I'm doing at times with my high school, or whether that's working with a person with autism like I'm doing right now, or you know, whether that's speaking and opening up a podcast like you're you're doing. You know, I think we we've all been put in this world to do something unique, um, and I think you know, for me, giving back and running a not for profit one day or something like that is what my ultimate goal is in my in my in my dream and i think this is just part of that process as to why it was put on earth and i'm not a spiritual or religious guy by any means this is just me feeling it out and 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 and, and thinking you know kind of how things are going to go um so it's just you know it's like sports it's trusting it it's trusting yourself and the work that you put in every day um, I don't know everything about business. I, there's so much that I have that I need to, that I am going to learn in my life, but it's just about getting better. You know, every single day, learning something, connecting with someone, networking, picking up the phone and calling someone and just saying, Hey, how are you? This is what I'm doing. This is what you're doing. Great. By the way, do you know of anyone who does this? If not, no problem. Oh, you might, you know, just putting yourself out there, not putting yourself out there in terms of, you know, going to a, going to a, I don't know, a dance club and hopping up on the stage so everyone can see you. That's different. But just, you know, networking and just speaking with others um, and just, you know, keeping yourself going by also still being able to do your hobbies, whether it's working out or, you know, going out with friends or whatever it is. So. Mm-hmm, absolutely. There's so much in there that I think can be taken away for, for anybody who is, you know, starting a business or working in something new. There's, there's so much in there, man. I, 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 you're just, you're spitting the gold right now. I, I like it. I like it a lot because there's, there's so much that can be learned from, again, people who are young and who are doing this kind of thing. And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go for it. Right. That's what I really appreciate about what you're doing. And the fact that, you know, I get to have conversations with you on a weekly basis. We, you know, we get on the, the Facebook messenger, we get on phone calls, just check in and see how each other are doing because you do stay in that space. You stay in that energy where, you know, you're, you're always thinking about the vision. You're always thinking about these bigger goals and, and you're always putting yourself out there. It was probably about, you know, three weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, where we were sitting down at a, at a dinner and uh, I was asking you about networking because you are, you, this is one of your really uh, natural skills. You're just, you're good at connecting with people. You're good at 
building genuine relationships quite quickly. And there was a quote that you gave me. It was networking is about giving. And I wrote a blog post on this because I thought it was so spectacular. Um, But I really want you to to dig into what exactly does that mean? What does it mean that networking is about giving? (laughs) Oh, man. Put me on the spot here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're not um, that dude. Come on. <laughs> no, you, you, you know, it's funny. It, it, it's, it's something that I just thought of. Um, and it could be, it, it, networking could not be about giving to other people. Um, to me, I felt like it was. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, networking is about giving. I think, you know, giving isn't necessarily doing something for free or, you know, a lot of people think they're, you know, giving something is free. It's uh, go ahead and take this. Don't worry about it. Or, you know, you know, I think for me, a lot of it is, is, is comes down to making impressions and being a good person. You know, I look at a lot of the coaching that I've done, whether it was, you know, with my own basketball academy with, um, you know, even SFU, which I was giving my time as a, as a second assistant, not the lead assistant, but I was meeting people. I was meeting, you know, boosters and alumni, fans, et cetera, while I was, you know, giving my time and my effort um, for the program. You know, the intention all along there was for the program, the program, the program, and it, and it always was. But you just meet people through the, that giving process. Um, you know, through youth basketball, meeting all these parents and, you know, you're giving their kids advice or little tricks on how to, you know, set up a defender for an elk cut or a back screen or, you know, you know, helping their form on their jump shot or something, you know, and then talking with the parents on the sideline, you know, giving their kid more advice and things, not just about the basketball, but about life and everything. And you really kind of, you know, look back at things and I remember just sitting around one time and it's like, you know, I've, I've gave a lot to different areas in, 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 in my life and gone down a lot of different avenues. And I just look at all the different people I've met in so many of those areas where I felt like I was giving and helping people. And I look at that and I go, that's my network. And that's just kind of how it came to me, um, you know, in my mind about networking was given. You know, I remember a lot of times I'd be, you know, maybe coaching a, a kid when I was running a youth basketball academy with Doug Plum, a uh, really good basketball player at UBC and all Canadian out there. And he's very similar, but, you know, we'd have a couple of kids who, you know, came from different, um, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds and we'd take them out for lunch, you know, and it's not about posting that stuff on Instagram or, or, or anything, but we'd take them out for lunch and, you know, obviously pay for their burger and fries or whatever. And, you know, it's just, I, I, I guess that's more the good person in me, um, the good the, the good karma, as, as, as some people say. But, you know, those those doors and that, um, you know, eventually you keep just networking with the right people, giving and talking with the right people. Those doors are going to, you know, eventually open. And, you know, for me, I think they have started to open um, due to, you know, all of the above, which is, you know, what, what I just spoke about. So, yeah. Yeah. And it really was your, your network that brought you the opportunity to get involved in what you're involved in now with, with the cannabis industry. And 
in that, you know, just having so many conversations about it with you, you've pretty well met a, I don't want to call him a business luminary, but uh, another young fellow who's been very successful in business uh, at a young age. And he's brought you into this um, with a vision and with a purpose. And now you are essentially being mentored by this guy to bring up uh, the business to build it, and and you're learning so much in the process. Can you talk about the power of having a mentor, especially at a young age? But not only just the fact that you're young, but having another mentor that is also young, because I think what ends up happening for for a lot of us uh, younger people is that we think of this term mentor as somebody who's got gray hair and the glasses and they're just going to, you know, sit on a chair and, and wax poetic and give us all these nice little quotes and speeches and things that we can use and, and we're never actually going to connect. That's not mentorship at all. And what is actually really powerful is when you have a mentor that's close to your own age or maybe just a little bit above, perhaps even a little bit below um, so that you guys can share on not only a, a business level or what you're trying to accomplish, but also just where you're at in life. So how, is, how has that been a benefit to you? And, and what do you recommend for people who are, are seeking mentorship and want to be developed by somebody who has skills that they don't have yet? No, it's a, man, once again, you're filled with great questions tonight. Um, you know, I think... I think first and foremost, be a good listener. You know, there's, there's, I, I think a lot of us, we listen with the intent to answer. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, having someone, you know, above you or laterally to you, even below you, being a good listener um, is such a huge piece, huge, huge piece to, you know, human development and to our own development. Um you know, everyone's from different walks of life and we can always learn something. No matter if we're an expert in one subject, you can still learn. We're always learning. Um, and yeah, like, you know, like you said, you know, my business partner, Steve Dowsley, he's about eight years older than me. Uh, he actually does have some gray hair. He's going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> um, but he's, you know, you know, a, a lot of credit goes to a guy like him. He's, he's been successful in a lot of different ways. You know, a, a great husband, a great father has done well in business, um, has, you know, networked out to a lot of people. But he's a mentor, but he's a leader. Um, he's someone that I strive to be like one day in a lot of areas. He doesn't ever think he's above anyone. He treats you at the same level he understands where you're at and he includes you in conversations, whether it's a conference call with some, you know, some big time people with some deep pockets or whatever. He's always wanting you to be involved in it so you can learn. Um, and that's huge. You know, um, I'm doing everything I possibly can every day to, to, you know, help our company grow and grow and grow. But I think a lot of credit is due to a guy like Steve who, you know, is just, He's, he's a great leader. He, you know, he doesn't think he's better than anyone. He always has time for you, whether it's business or whether it's life. Um, you know, and I think it's really important for a lot of, you know, young and upcoming people to find a role model, a mentor, a older friend, whether or not they've been successful, successful in the financial world, you know, successes, uh, 
you know, I think this is probably for another podcast, but success is, is so, is so differently defined throughout all walks of life. You know, some people are super happy making X amount and just loving their life. Some people need money to be happy. Some people need a cool car. Some people need to have muscles on every part of their body. We all walk a different um, path and to each of their own. But, you know, I think finding somebody like that who knows more than you do in the area that you want to venture into is extremely important. But also finding someone who gives you the time of day um, to, to, you know, to help you grow as a person, not just as a businessman or a woman, but, a, but as a person. Uh, and I think for me, I found that right person, um, you know, luckily, and I'm, uh, I'm truly thankful. Mm-hmm, definitely. You, know, you touched on a lot of key points there in regards to, again, building an environment that works for you to get you to where you want to go, right? Whether it's, and, it, and again, you, you said something there about success is that we all define it in a different way right? Whether for some people it's money, other people, you know, it's having that fantastic looking body. Um, You know, it's so important for everybody to just kind of take some time and define what success looks like for you personally, right? Because if you're chasing other people's versions of success, then you're living an inauthentic life. And, and I can speak that truth 100% because I've chased things that w- aren't important to me, right? And I know what it's like to, uh, to end up at a goal and just be like, huh, okay, is that it? <laughs> you know? And so, you know, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I kind of, I'll put you on the spot here. So I hope you have a good answer. What would your definition of success be? <laughs> um, I think my definition of success is, is to be happy. Um, you know, obviously we all have to meet, make ends meet in this world, but you know, some people are extremely happy driving a, uh, you know, a 15 year old car living in a basement suite and having a bunch of good friends. Um, other people are happy with having three beach houses and driving Lamborghinis and Ferraris around California six months a year. Um, you know, I think for me, the definition of happy is, uh, being able to live a life that I, that I would like to live. Um, and, you know, waking up every day, being able to breathe and being able to walk and being able to speak, um, and having my healthy family and friends, um, you know, girlfriend around me and all of them achieving and, you know, striving to get better each and every day. Um, you know, nothing materialistic, more, you know, emotionally and, um, you know, just having, having, having happiness and just waking up every morning being like, you know what, I'm, I feel good today. I'm excited for the day. I don't, I might not know what it's going to unfold. I might know how it's going to unfold, but just waking up knowing that, you know, I'm already beating the odds of a lot of people and I'm breathing, I'm walking, I got a roof over my head and the rest is kind of a bonus. Mm-hmm. Gratitude, right? It, it all starts with a, with a feeling of gratitude towards even just the smallest things, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're, you're really good at, at staying in the headspace of that success, that happiness, right? You know, whenever I see you and whenever, whenever I talk to you, 
you're always on that good energy. You're always on that plane. And if, even if things are, are a little bit off, you find a way to stay in that headspace. So what, what kind of things do you do on a daily basis? How, how do you treat your body? How do you treat your mind? What kind of practices are you involved in that allow you to maintain that level of engagement, that level of focus uh, on your vision and on attaining that definition of success? Well, I think perspective is everything. You know, I think, you know, just being able to, 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 to wake up every morning and, you know, be able to do the things that we're able to do, shower, drink clean water, you know, eat food, have a, you know, a warm place, have a car to get us from A to B to Z. Um, and then having such a great family and, and, and support circle. I already feel like I won the lottery with all of those. Um, and I just think that's my perspective. Um, on, on, on life. Uh, I've been lucky as a kid. I've had parents who have done well and have supported me in just n- numerous ways. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I haven't had to worry about some things that, you know, other kids have had to worry or something. I haven't, I've been able to go on cool vacations and that has, that has given me a perspective, you know, to, 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 to see how fortunate and how lucky I am. And it's now, you know, developed as I get older and, you know, just knowing, how good we have it or, you know, personally that, that I have it. Um, and then, like I said, everything else is a bonus, you know, for me, I like to work out helps my, you know, it helps my, my, my head space. It's, you know, the look good, feel good is a real thing. Um, you know, not saying that trying to sound anything other than, you know, what it is, you know, you know, we all know when we feel, you know, whether you beat your tanned or you have some more muscles or you got abs or, you know, a good hair day or, you know, whatever, you feel good. And for me, you know, <clears throat> working out is, is something I like to do and it's almost a new basketball. Not necessarily one to be posting stuff all the time about how much I work out or whatever because, you know, the world doesn't always need to see that stuff. Um, but for me, you know, just, just knowing I have everything I've, I've listed, you know, just waking up, I, uh, I know I'm doing really well and I'm waking up every morning and I'm able to breathe and, you know, without sounding super spiritual, it's a bonus, everything else. Mm, right, right. That's, that's awesome, man. It's, it's, it sounds to me like, you know, the, the values that you have, the priorities that you put on thing are in the right place. And when you start from the right place, that's just going to trickle down into every other area of your life, right? That look good, feel good mentality. Um, it, it's such a powerful thing to, to adopt and to, of course, keep doing the things that support that mindset, right? Whether it is working out or for other people, maybe for me, it's reading, right? Reading and meditation, of course, you know, exercise as well. Um, just treating yourself good so that you can stay in that space. It's a, it's a powerful thing for sure. Um, there's something that you've done or you started recently, um, and it, and it kind of ties in with a lot of this other stuff about giving back and, and being a good person and perspective. And, and you've taken this, uh, job working with an autistic man, and I'd like you to just kind of dig into the reasons why you did this and what you're learning and how is this just impacting, um, the way you see people, the way you see life and how it's affecting all the other areas uh, of your life, you know, in terms of your business and personally and your relationships to see somebody 
um, who, you know, we've had a couple of conversations just about, uh, about this guy and who for him, you know, the simplest things are challenging and just speak about, you know, why you wanted to do this and, and what it's allowing you to see from a, from a new perspective standpoint, if we can kind of stay on that theme. <laughs> yeah, no, I work with, uh, I work with an awesome gentleman who, um, who uh, he he does have autism he has ocd and um he has speech output difficulty um and you know i was i was always wanting to do something in that field where you know you're working with really special people who happen to just, you know have a disability or two um and i'd always wanted to potentially you know venture into that field and you know working with a gentleman like i am it just gives you that perspective um, you know, and you see the abilities these people have and not the challenges that, you know, that society may perceive them to, um, you know, possess. And yeah, I think it just gives you a great perspective. It, you know, your, your, your bad day is, uh, is a little bit different than their bad day. You know, their bad day consists of a lot of medication, you know, not being able to do certain things you know bad day for you know you and i is we stubbed our toe and we're you know a little bit upset or a little a little tired you know so it's it's back to perspective always um you know not just this job but anything else and uh yeah it's super rewarding it's fun it's 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 awesome to put a smile on someone's face it's um it's awesome to you know to hang out with someone with so many different abilities than you have and you know, combine both of your, your abilities and work together and, uh, you know, not just be a community support worker for the gentleman, but be his friend. So, you know, back to everything. And I guess I'm giving you another quote throughout this podcast, but I guess perspective is everything, Doug. <laughs> Yeah, per- perspective is everything, and networking is giving. We'll we'll put that as the uh, the, the taglines for this on the on the advertisements. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> um, there's something in there that's that I think is unique to to touch on as well, and that's that you know you're doing this, you're doing the work with uh, with the cannabis company, you're still involved in basketball in some capacities. Uh, you have a, a wonderful relationship with your girlfriend. Your family is very important to you. You have lots of friends, um, lots of different things that you're involved in. To some people and, and to a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of um, people who struggle to find the time to do all these things, right? They have these interests, they have these passions, but the excuse is always, oh, I don't have time or I can't focus on all these different little avenues. Uh, I need to focus on one specifically, right? We talked about this earlier, how you say you're going to go into, into the cannabis company hundred um, percent, not 50, 50 with basketball, but at the same time, you know, you have that. Now you have uh, working with the autistic gentleman. Um, you have your relationships and everything else. I think it's important to just shed a little bit of light on the fact that you can do a lot of these things. Um, if they're intertwined, right? So working on one specific business works well if you're, I guess, being continuous with other areas of your life so that it all works together as one. Is that kind of making sense? You find that um, 
by taking on a little other things that they help you towards your main goal and making sure that your life is all oriented in that one direction? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I just think you learn so much from, I think you learn so much from so many different areas of life that you can apply to so many things, but specifically entrepreneurship. You know, there's so many skills you can learn, whether you work at a fast food restaurant, you know, you work construction, you're a community support worker, you work in a school, you work, you're a miner, you're an engineer. There's so many different things that you can apply to so many different things in life, but especially to entrepreneurship. Um, just because, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, the world is your oyster. You got to be creative. You got to obviously network. You got to have good people skills. You got to have, you know, good computer skills, good marketing skills. And there's so many, so many different things, you know, having a lot of different and diverse avenues can really, really be, you know, super beneficial um, for you, um, especially when you decide and if you decide to take the plunge of, you know, entrepreneurship. Mm, absolutely, man. We're, we're coming to the end of the show here. It's been great chatting with you. You have so much to say, so much at a, at again, at a young age, right? It's so nice to speak to, to young people who are doing great things, who have a really good head on their shoulder and, and who just, they just kind of get it. You know, and, and it's just a, it's an attribute, it's an attribution, if that's a word, um, to, <laughs> <laughs> to the people that you've surrounded yourself with, what you've learned from others, what you've learned in, in your own experiences and just staying humble. I, I hear that all throughout this conversation, just a very, uh, there's a confidence there, but it's a humble confidence. And, uh, I think that that type of, um, ability to, to be confident, but to also just kind of scale back and say, Hey, you know, I don't know everything, but I'm really confident in just who I am. That's a, a very great place to come from. Uh, as you continue to do what you're doing in the cannabis industry, of course, I'm sure you'll be involved in basketball and the community there for many years to come. Um, and just giving back to, to the community at large. Uh, I can see what you're going to do is, is going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm going to be happy to be, along your side as you make it happen, man. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to, to keep pushing everything when you have support like yourself, um, you know, and, and for listeners and that they may think it is a bit artificial, but I can attest that it is not, you know, you and I have this type of relationship that, you know, we don't necessarily go out for beers. We go and go out for supportive talks, you know, to one another and, you know, pumping each other up or, you know, giving advice or life advice or listening or being a sounding board um, and having people like you. And I'm fortunate to have not only you, but some other really, really good friends too. And then, you know, my family and my girlfriend and that it's, um, it's easy to stay, to stay grounded and that, and, you know, just wanting to get better every day. Um, but those are the people that deserve the credit as much as, you know, the individual. It's, uh, it takes a village to, you know, to, to, to raise something or someone. And, um, you know, I just, yeah, want to say thanks to, to all of those people. And, and of course yourself, Doug. Love it, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. I got three questions for you. These are going to be the three questions that I'm going to ask uh, all the guests at the end of the show. Um, so you get the pleasure of being the first one to hear them. Um, and of course they're related to, uh, the title of the show here. So first one up for you, what are you doing right now to grow 
as a person? Right now, you know, I think for a big theme of it was just, you know, networking with so many different individuals, um, you know, meeting different people, talking to different people about their walks of life, their areas of life. Um, but being a good listener, really, really trying to be a good listener. That's such an undervalued skill in life um, and not always wanting to be the one talking, um, although I have been on this podcast, but I guess that's kind of the gist of the uh, the idea. But yeah, just, you know, networking and while networking, listening and 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 really hearing out what those people are saying or have to bring to the table um, because you can just learn so much by listening. Mm -hmm. Well, that leads into the second question here. Of course, you're, you're answering my questions um, and you're giving your knowledge, right? And that's, that's what the second question is about. So in, in what ways are you giving back to others? How are you giving your gifts to other people and showing up in the world so that you can give back? You know, I think a prime example is working with, you know, a, a, a superb gentleman with, with, with um, a couple of disabilities. Um, you know, I think that's an easy one. You know, I think things like going back to my high school and helping out with, with the team or working out with a couple select players, talking with the coaches there, um, you know, texting, texting texting friends or whatever just you know letting them know hey thinking about you i haven't haven't hung out with you lots but hope things are well hope you're still killing it you know whatever i think um you know and in a couple different avenues that's how i'm um you know doing the giving awesome and so last question here in the next coming months let's say three to six months to maybe a year out what do you have planned? If maybe you don't have anything planned, but what do you want to do to expand your impact on the lives of those around you? I think I want to, uh, I think I just want to get better. I think I want to get better, um, you know, as a person, as a boyfriend, as a friend, as a coach, as a, you know, uh, teammate, which all apply to the business sense. Um, you know, I think, I think just wanting to get better, better every single day in a lot of those categories, you know, there's, we all live a life where it's like, we should have reached out to this person more, or we should have done this. We should have done that. You know, for me, it's not wishing that I did that or, or had done that. It's just doing it. Um, and, and just getting better every day as a person, as Brett McDonald, um, and nothing else. Nice, man. That is a fantastic way to put a wrap on the show. Brett McDonald, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show, carving out some time to have a conversation, to share your wisdom, to share your passion with, with all the people who will be uh, hearing your story, man. really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Um, it was a heck of a, it was a heck of a podcast and you sound like a regular. So maybe I'll uh, vote for uh, you at TSN 1040. <laughs> I'd appreciate that, man. G give a, uh, give a shout out to the real BMAC. Okay. <laughs> Will do buddy. Thank you. Awesome brother. Thanks a lot. Take care. Later. Later. 
And therein ends the show. Thank you once again to our guest, Brett McDonald. If you want to get in touch with him on social media, you can on Instagram at brett.mcdonald. That's B-R-E-T dot M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. Brett, thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to speak with you. And to all the listeners, I am absolutely grateful that you took some time to grow with me here on the podcast. Again, this is the first one that's been done. So there's going to be a lot more coming out of this camp. We're going to get the production up. We're going to get the intros right, the outros right. It's going to get flown. It's going to get smooth. It's going to get oh so powerful. Ah, man, I'm really, really excited to share this platform with you and to be of service and to have an impact on the quality of your life. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, keep growing, giving, and expanding.